Good morning. Glad to see everybody here this morning. Um, if you will, get your green books. Um, everything's going to be in those this morning. We're going to start off on page 323. I love to tell the story. We're going to sing all four verses. <coughs>
you'll turn to page 329, we're going to sing the first, second, and last verses. And I'm going to ask everybody who's able to if you'll stand while we sing this. We're going to sing all four verses.
Daniel, will you pray for us? Good morning. How was everybody? Good. Um, that first song Jessica sung, sung or we sung together. Um, I love to tell the story. Man, that that describes me. Am I really loud? I feel like I can hear me talking. That's weird. Huh? That's normal. Like. A echo kind of up here, but but I do love to tell the, tell the story of Jesus. Um, I mean, it changed my life. It, it made me somebody new, somebody different. I mean, if we went out here, we went hunting in the woods, and we saw Bigfoot. We're going to tell people that we saw Bigfoot, right? Daryl. Yeah. I like that commercial. But I'm just saying, that seeing Bigfoot would kind of change your life a little bit. You may not go in the woods anymore. Um, but Jesus, you know, he's real and... I know he is real. I know I have met him. I have felt him. I, I've spoken with him. And I believe everything that the Bible says about him. Amen. And, and because of that, I want to tell a story. I want to tell people about what I know and what what they should know. Um, and we'll get in a little more, more detail in that about how he changed my life a little bit um, in a minute. But um, we're going to read in Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. And it says, And you have, you have he quick, quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walk according to to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation 
in times past, in the lust, lust of our flesh, fulfilling the des- desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the others. So, at one point in time, we was all dead. We all know that, right? Raise your hand in here if you never sinned. Let me tell you now, if you raise your hand, your name better be Jesus. Because um, everybody in here sin. We know that. We, we come into this world that says we have a nature of disobedience. Um, and we know that. We see children, right? Children are disobedient sometimes. Um, funny story. When I used to have a roommate, she had a little kid. Um, she would tell him he couldn't eat in the living room. So one day I came home from work. He was sitting halfway in the living room, halfway in the kitchen, just so he could see TV. And I was like, what are you doing eating in the living room? He's like, I'm not. My head is in the kitchen. Like, that's the way people try to be. They try to find ways around it, don't they? And that's part of the disobedience in us. And the Bible says we were dead. <laughs> we were dead before, before we knew Christ. Everybody in this room was dead at one point. We walk around like, like zombies, I guess. and um, We all sin. <coughs> Um, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that. Um, Romans 3.23. And 1 John 1.8 says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. So, the Bible tells you that you are a sinner the day you were born. And and everybody follows somebody, Right? In verse 2 it said, Where in time past ye walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. It's saying that you was on that path, that same path as the world, the same that you were following, following I can't talk right now, the devil. Yeah. And you're like, well, I wouldn't know. A lot of people say, I, I didn't know Christ, but I wasn't following the devil. Well, you... you you only got two options. There is no third option. There ain't no, well, I'm neutral. It ain't like that. You, you got to pick a side. And Jesus pretty much said, if you don't pick me, you're against me. You're not with me. So everybody follows somebody. Even Facebook made a little thing that said follow so-and-so. Like they, they want you to follow people other than Christ. Um, and it says, um, hold on, let me find my spot. Flesh. And the children, the, by nature, the children of wrath. Um, by nature, we all sin. We all are dead inside. And because of that, we are going to hell. Nobody liked the word hell, do they? Um, you can't say it. 
the world don't like it. You can't tell nobody they're going to hell. Um, but it's a real place. Jesus spoke about it. And, and I get it. I don't want people to go to hell. I get why people don't like that word, why people don't like us talking about that people going to hell, because cause that means somebody in my family is probably going to hell. That means somebody I work with is probably going to hell. That could possibly mean somebody who sits in the church is going to hell. It's a real place, and people are going there. And there's no way around it. The Bible says that we are apart from God. See, because our sin, because what Adam and Eve did, we we are not we can't walk with God. There's nothing we can do to get with God. We we was all on the path to hell, it was the Bible just said. What we read is that we was all going to hell. Um Matthew twenty five forty six. Um, this is, Jesus has said, "Then they will go away to eternal punishment." That's that's Jesus talking about hell. Eternal punishment is hell. It's a real place. There's no way around it. We can't we can't sugarcoat it. We can't hide it. Um, it's the real deal. But. I like how the Bible says, but God, in verse 4. It says, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy. Thank God he's rich in mercy. Could, could think about it. What if he wasn't rich in mercy? What if he just had a little mercy? Just a little bit to, to sprinkle out here and there. I would go to hell. I'm telling you, because I need that mercy every day I live. I'm thankful that he got enough mercy that if I sin today, I'm still covering that mercy. Amen. Still covering grace. Mercy just means forgiveness. Um, and every day we do something that where we are like spitting in the face of God. You know, we, I'm so thankful he's rich in mercy. And then it says, um, for his great love. Great love. It didn't say for his love. It said great love. When normal people love you, it's conditional. And I've seen that through family. I used to think family has to love you. But they don't. <laughs> I used to think husband and wife has to love themselves or love each other. But they don't. They they grow apart. That love can end. Um, and then, unfortunately it may end in divorce. Some of them just live miserably together. Um, but a great love, God loves, never runs out. It never changes. And that's our problem, is that even that Christian, sometimes we think God don't love us. 
even like I spoke with a person one time. He's like, and this guy is a youth pastor at a church. And he's like, I don't know, Jesse. Sometimes I feel like God hates me and he's punishing me. And I was like, dude, that ain't how it works. Like, God loves you and he'll never stop loving you. And no matter what you do, whether you eating out of the, the pig trough like the prodigal son, he's right there waiting for you to come back. He's right there waiting for you to run back. The reason you feel like God punished you is because you let this world get to you. God is not punishing you. God loves you, and he'll never stop loving you. And that's what amazing about God's love. What's great about God's love is that God loves you right now more than he can ever love you. He'll love you tomorrow the same way. He loved you yesterday the same way. He loved you before you was even created. From the day he said, from the day of creation, he, he thought about you and he loved you. And I know that's hard to believe because cause I'll go out and I'll go fishing. I'll go, I like going places, beautiful places, like nature's artwork I guess God's artwork and I look at that and the mountains and the, the rivers and the stars and and the ocean and I'm thinking I'm I'm not as good as that creation that's beautiful I just sit there and and just show God's beauty all all the time and I know when I look at myself all I see is ugliness and, and not, not on the outside, because I was told this morning I was pretty. Um, right, Miss Cole? Um, she told me I was pretty in a pretty blue shirt. But I know I'm not ugly on the outside. The women tell me that. But if I could see what's on the inside, what God saw before Christ, it's ugly. Cover and sin. It's, it's not nothing God wants to look at. Um, but like I said, but God, who would rich in his mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we were ugly, even when we was all this stuff that was said in the first three verse. It said, hold on, I lost my place, sorry. In sin has quitted us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. Somebody should have said amen, I think. Like, do y'all realize it's, it's not nothing we did? Do you realize the God of creation who we said we want no part of for a long time said I still want you and I still love you and I'm going to come get you. Let's go in here. <laughs> 
1 John 3.16 said, We know love by this, that He laid down His life for us. And then um, 1 John 3.1 I forget what that one says. said, What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the Son of God. Therefore the word world knoweth us not because it knew him not and then 1st John 4:19 says that we love him because he loved us first be thankful for God's love because before it you were just dying and going to hell be thankful for his mercy which is rich and he has abundance because before his mercy you dying and going to hell um, and then verse 6 and he has raised us up together so we was dead now we are raised up we're no longer dead because we got Christ who loves us um You know, you go from death to life. You become a new person, the Bible says. In Second Corinthians 5.17, it says that you are a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away, and new has come. Um, you know, you know when, I was, when I was eight, I'll give you a little testimony. And most of y'all probably heard this before, but... But I was at vacation Bible school and I went down front and the guy told me to pray this prayer and I would be saved. And so I did it. And I believe that Jesus was real at the time. But I was more afraid of hell than I was of, of knowing Jesus. Um, more afraid where I might end up than who saved me. But... You know, when I was eight, I said that prayer. The guy told me I was going to heaven. And he, he lied to me. There was, there was no change. I lived like I wanted to. I, I, know, I know when I got saved when I was 15, there was something different. I know that, that the Holy Spirit came inside of me. I know I was a different person. Let me tell you, from 8 to 15, man, I was a bad little kid. I used to fight people. I used to go to church just to hurt people. I'm like, what? I, yeah, they used to have football, and I used to go, just go and play football, and I played to hurt people. And, and I'm serious. Like I dislocated shoulders at church. I broke ankles at church. Broke a boy's wrist at church. 
there were several meetings from the deacons about our football. They tried to stop us a couple times. They couldn't. Uh, they couldn't. Um, but I used to fight people just for looking at me wrong at school. Said all all the cuss words. I said them all. I probably made up a few. Cause I thought it was cool. Um, it wasn't no change. It wasn't no nothing different. But when I was fifteen, nobody led me in the prayer. Nobody told me what to say. I just knew I was dying and going to hell, and that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I said the prayer. It wasn't the sin of the prayer or whatever. I just said, Lord, I need you. Amen. And there was a change. Like the Holy Spirit came inside of me. And there's no doubt that as I'm standing here today, I know where I'm going when I die. Like I know why I'm going, where I'm going. And that's what matters more than where I'm going. I know that God cares so much about me that he sent his only son to die for me. But before that 15, I had it all up here. Like, I knew it. I knew what what the person said, and I, I believe it. Like, I believe it was real. But the Bible says even the demons believe, and they shudder. Just because you believe in Jesus don't mean you're going to heaven. It's a different kind of belief. It's, it's a re- Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to change. He wants you to let him change you. He wants some. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants you. Basically, basically, it comes down to not whether you know Jesus, but whether Jesus knows you. And Galatians 4, verse 9 said, And let us not be weary. And well, wait, that ain't the right one. That's for chapter 6. That's the one that I'm get right. Here's that verse 9. But now, after that, ye have known God, or rather, or rather are known of God. The New American Standard said, no, Known by God. Matthew 7, where it talks about people saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Jesus said, turn from me, I never knew you. So it ain't about if you know God or know Jesus, it's about whether Jesus knows you. I can say I know, I can go to the White House and say I know Trump. They won't let me in. That's like, I'm sorry, you're crazy, go away. But if Trump came out and said he knows me, I can walk right in. So I'm telling you that it's not about whether you know Jesus. Because like I said, a lot of the people around here know the, know what's in this Bible. They have heard it all their life, and a lot of them even believe it. But, but it's about whether or not Jesus knows you. About whether or not you have a relationship with him.
Not, I know of Jesus. But, but once you find him, he will change you. He'll ride you up. Let me get back to the original scripture. Um, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the age, ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, least any man should boast. It's by grace you are saved, not by works. You can't you can't get there yourself. You can't say, Oh God, look what I've done. Because God would be like, Get away from me. It'd be like them people in Matthew seven, turn from me for I never knew you. Because that's what they were doing. They're like, Look, look what we've done. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus told them, Turn from me, for I never knew you. Um and Second Timothy night one nine says not who um, let me just turn there. Sorry. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which were given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So nothing you could do to get to heaven. But God was like, before creation, God was like, hey, I already got a plan. Don't worry about it. My plan is greater than anything you can do. It's like, you don't stand a chance to get to me, so I'm going to get to you. I like the way that ended before the world began, before he created anything. Nothing surprises God. God didn't create Adam and Eve and say, well, I hope they follow these rules. God knew right then they was going to break them. And I mean, you see evidence of Christ in, in verse 3, or chapter 3 of Genesis. But it was even before that. And that, that's what gets me excited. That before he created the mountains and the, the seas and the stars that I was talking about earlier, he was thinking about me. He was thinking about you. He was thinking, you know, they're dead. dead. They are sinners, but I'm going to make a way for them. Before he created any of that stuff, he was thinking about you. You know, I'm going to close with this. uh, I I saw a video earlier this week about Barabbas. Um, Y'all know the story, right? About him and... And Jesus and Pilate, and Pilate's like, I don't know what to do with you. 
I got a plan though. You know, we'll we'll set these two up because every holy day they let one person go, like pardon one person. And Pilate asked the crowd, "Which one will you want to let go, Jesus or Barabbas?" And the crowd chose Barabbas. Jesus took his spot. And I, I got thinking about that. Two things, one small side note, and this really don't have nothing to do. The crowd will always choose the world. The crowd will always choose the, the what's wrong. They'll never choose Jesus. We, we see it every day in our life with abortion, with um, homosexuality. I say, oh, that's okay. I, Jesus says it ain't, but we're going to not choose Jesus. We're going to choose this. But that's just a little side note. The best part of that story is that Jesus took Barabbas' spot. And not only did Barabbas represent the world, but they represent us, too. And even though the crowd said his name, Jesus already knew. That crowd didn't pick Barabbas. Jesus, God has a plan, like I already said. He had a plan before Barabbas even started went to jail before he was born that Jesus was going to take his place on that cross he took our place on that cross a sinless man who was fully man and fully God died for our sins they they let they unhooked Barabbas as the crowd called his name they took his chains off because Jesus took a place. Man, the chains of sin, the our our trespasses and and all our all our death, when Jesus took our place, all them chains just fell off. We are no longer bonded in that stuff. And because of that one day we'll die and go to heaven. We'll we'll die and spend forever with Christ with God and if that don't get the church decided nothing will and I know I preach this message a lot but it's through the Bible I use different scripture it ain't like I'm using the same scripture every time I preach it's because this Bible is about one person it's about Jesus Christ and what he did to get to us and I said, I, I love to tell the story. And I will always tell the story. Even if they cut out my tongue, I'll find a way to tell the story. Probably. I have learned sign language, but some kind of weird dance. Somehow I will tell the story. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for for what you've done in my life. I thank you for changing me. I thank you for 
that I am not the old creature I was. Um, Lord, I thank you that I am a new creation. Um, I thank you that I don't have to die and go to hell, Lord. And I thank you that I'm no longer that when you look at me, you no longer see sin, but you see the blood of Christ. Um, Lord, be with the church, Lord. I pray for anyone. If there's one in here who don't know you, Lord, I pray that today will be the day that they give their life to you. You're a great God, Lord, and I love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It won't let me do nothing.